0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. You know our
1: trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash tirerackcom the way tire buying should be. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards
2: on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need What is going on, everybody? John Middlecock, 3 and Out Podcast. That'd be me, that's the show. Welcome to Super Bowl hangover. Not really, didn't drink, but for anyone that's a Chiefs fan, probably a little hungover mentally, if not physically. And uh, on this beautiful Monday, no more football till the fall. Well, we got a lot of football, luckily, offseason, free agency, the draft. We can stay busy, but no more actual games. Tom Brady, Super Bowl champ. You know we're going to dive into several angles of the Super Bowl. Thoughts I had coming out of that game. The quarterback market is something that's clearly taken shape. As a time of recording this, Carson Wentz still is on the Eagles, but that looks like it's going to change soon. Sam Darnold, Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr, a lot of names potentially moving. Have some, have some thoughts regarding the quarterback market. If you listen on Collins' feed, please subscribe to the Separate Three and Out feed. Would greatly appreciate that. Also, everyone that's left a review, also greatly appreciate that on Apple iTunes. Please do that as well. Helps us sell the show and keep this thing, keep the train on the tracks. Keep the wheels flowing. (laughs) You know, keep keep us, uh, keep me fed. Trying to survive here. 2021, we're just going to keep on rolling, baby. Subscribe to the podcast. Greatly appreciate it. Okay, let's dive into a man named Thomas Brady from Sarah High School. You know, about 30 minutes from where I'm sitting. He just won his seventh Super Bowl. And really, a little icing on the cake, right? Leaves New England, goes to the Bucks, a team that hadn't made the playoffs in 12 years. Wins a ring. Wins a ring. Three straight road playoff games in the NFC. Washington, see ya. Drew Brees' last game, Adios. I'll see you in the Hall of Fame when I'm ready to retire. Aaron Rodgers, first NFC Championship at Lambeau. I win. Patrick Mahomes, we work you. Tom Brady, Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Couldn't, I mean, honestly, if you would have made a movie out of this, maybe they make the playoffs, right, and win a game, win the Super Bowl? Probably not. It's an incredible accomplishment. There's not much to be said. He's going to go down. I mean, he's... I don't know, Tiger, Jordan, Brady, Bill Russell, Muhammad Ali. It's like a short list of just all-time greats. And in the modern day of the internet age, I don't know if he'll ever be matched, at least in my lifetime. But there is an element, and listen, Tom Brady has dedicated his entire life to football. I say it all the time, he is obsessed with football. Changed his diet for football. Changed his sleep habits for football. Changed everything in his life for football. and he's still clearly a pretty good family man. I mean, really good. I mean, he's close to his wife, his kids. He kisses them on the lips. He He just feels like he's got it all figured out. Family life, on point with Giselle, career, all of his chips are in the middle of the table, and he's mastered the game of football. But there is an element of Tom, and I think there's an element with any successful person, where he did get a little lucky this year. I was listening to Tim Ferriss, I don't know if you ever heard his podcast. I think he wrote this book called like the Five Hour Work Week. Maybe it's the Four Hour Work Week. Whatever. He business guy has on a lot of business people on his podcast. It's a, it's a good listen. Has on people that you know you probably never hear talk unless maybe you're in that individual industry. And he had on this guy named Mark Randolph, who was the co-founder of Netflix. And he's talking about him and Reed Hastings how they started Netflix. And at first it wasn't really working, and they had these other ideas, and they ended up at like a you know, rental delivery and it was subscription and just how it's morphed. And ultimately their business was set up a little bit like Amazon. They got lucky that times changed and they just rode this internet wave and eventually things became streaming and they were just so far ahead of the curve that they boat raced everybody. They put people out of business, but timing was on their side. Things that they couldn't control, even though everything in their control, they maximized. And they tried different things, they failed at different things, just like Tom, I'm sure, mastering the TB12, learn things, failed at things, learn to eat tomatoes, to not eat ice cream and make avocado ice cream, and you just, in all seriousness, it's just, life is trial and error. But there becomes a point in time where things out of your control, and you can say that hard work creates opportunity and there's no such thing as luck. I agree to a point, like, Tom Brady's not successful because he's lucky, but him playing on the Bucs is a little lucky. He tried to join the 49ers last year, and I don't blame him. They were the best team in the league, beside the Chiefs, right? He wanted to join them. He called the Niners. Said, I want in, which at the time seemed smart. Like, I'd want to join the Niners, too, if I was him. Hometown team, they just won 13 games. They'd run through the NFC. Really good defense offensive players, sweet coach. I was like, God, it made a lot of sense. The Niners said no. Think how many times in life things that are out of your control, you try to do business with someone, you try to ask someone out if you're single, and you get a no on the other end. Even though if they would have said yes, you would have gladly got on a date. You would have gladly became partners. And they just say no, nothing you can do. No fault of his own. Like His career spoke for itself, Right? which ultimately, as Adam Schefter tweeted out, there it, really, there were two teams interested in him, which looking back is kind of crazy. He's Tom freaking Brady. Only two teams wanted him. He didn't necessarily, I don't think, set off when he left the Patriots. And we can rehash that all we want, whether he wanted to leave, whether Belichick was over him. Regardless, it was, it was time. Sometimes in life, it's just time to go your separate ways, even if you're successful together. Not all divorces end messy. I actually don't even think the Patriots and him ended that messy. It was just time. They went their separate ways. Now, Tom had more success, clearly, this year than Belichick. But I don't think Belichick really regrets it. Like, it was just... They went their separate ways. High-level people. It happens all the time. But Tom was forced into the situation. Like, where was he going to go? And I remember Schefter being on TV last year. Like, I don't think people are underestimating. I remember Florio was writing this, too. Tom Brady's market isn't that crazy. It's not that robust. Now, props to the Bucks for being in position with a really good defense, loaded offensive players, you know, a coach that has had some success, a general manager that had a relationship with, uh, you know, had been around him in New England, and it was was set up. But Tom wasn't like, I'm going to the Bucs when he left New England. He wanted to go to the Niners. Sometimes things in life, you get forced a certain way, even though you don't necessarily start walking that way. But big picture, you look back, you're like, thank God I ended up here. I can speak for experience. I never would be doing what I'm doing in the podcast field, doing this with Colin, doing stuff on YouTube, just doing where everything's going if my radio show hadn't been canceled. I would have been cool with just you know, making six figures, working in radio. It was kind of an easy life. I was forced into it, and it just it led to where I'm at now, which I couldn't be happier. Think how many people of you listening right now who are at a job who are married or dating a girl that just kind of, by happenstance, led through a friend, not necessarily like it just got set up. Things that were out of your control are the reason that you ended up meeting that business partner, was like, hey, bro, come over to this party. And you just, the things that you wanted didn't happen. And sometimes that's for the best. But at the time, you never feel. I bet Tom Brady, I doubt he would ever admit this, when he reached out to the 49ers, like, I want in. And they're like, you know, we're going to stick with Jimmy. has got to be thinking to himself, are you fucking kidding me? You're choosing Jimmy Garoppolo over Tom Brady? And I, listen, I'm raising my hand. I'm guilty as charged. I was someone that said, like, oh, yeah, I'd probably keep rolling with Jimmy. <laughs> like, that, that was a disastrous decision. The Chargers, I mean, they were interested, too. I think it worked out pretty well for them. They ended up with Justin Herbert. He had this great rookie year. And for Tampa Bay, when the dust settled and Tom looked around, it went, teams loaded on offense, teams excellent on defense, now, they haven't made the playoffs in over a decade, but that's where I come in. I set the tone. I'm the greatest teammate ever. I help lead these guys. I'm a much better player than Jameis, so from a football standpoint, we're going to be much better on the field. There's going to be trial and error because it's corona. But he got somewhat lucky to be with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was not his first choice. Hell, I, I think, you know, from what I've heard, I don't even know if it was a second choice. But that's how it ended up. And that's all that matters now is he could retire, which he's not going to. He's a Tampa Bay Buccaneers legend. His name will go on the wall of fame. Hell, you could build him a statue, and I don't think any person would think it was that crazy. But this notion that like every single thing is just through hard work and dedication, I'm a biggest believer in that. You can't circumvent work. You can't circumvent doing what it takes to be great at whatever fields you're in. You have to, I know it's, it sounds cliche and kind of stupid, but it is kind of true. Everything that you possibly can't control, do it to the best of your ability. But there are, when they say, like, let the chips fall where they may, sometimes things out of your control, like, you know, Tom wanted to go other places and they didn't want him. Ends up at Tampa, the rest is history. His legend, which was already massive, exponentially just grew. And Tom's, just the way we talk about him, Like, it was already, he was pretty special. Now the haters have nothing. Now no one has any sort of argument. Like, it's just
0: completely over. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
2: When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash j-o-h-n. That's linkedin.com slash j-o-h-n to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at
1: discover.com slash credit card. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their general tire, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Okay, let's dive into something
2: that I've been discussing for a while. And I'm going to relate this to the internet business. And I'm sure many people listening work in all sort of different industries. My little brother works in, the, in farming. And in California, they've added several regulations regarding farming labor, regarding you know how they uh, transfer crops in terms of the trucks and the regulations of how much weight you can have in the different trucks. I have family in the beer business. Heavily regulated industry heavily. Me personally, I work on the internet. It is the wild, wild west. There literally aren't any rules. They're being made up as they go. It's pretty incredible. Probably be what it was like in America in like the 10s and the 20s and the 30s for just normal businesses. There weren't really rules because business are growing so fast. It was ahead of the time of the lawmakers. Most of the lawmakers in relation to the internet are 60, 70, 80 years old. They got no fucking clue what's going on. They they couldn't even begin to regulate it if they tried. That's why everyone on the internet right now, if you know what you're doing, I'm not pretending to know, be that guy. I'm just saying that like all the big businesses, Google, Apple, Amazon, running circles around everybody. They can do whatever they want or at least have been able to for a long period of time. That will eventually end. The regulations on the internet in my lifetime, and if you're kind of close to my age in your 30s, We'll be, when we're like 50, 60 looking back, I'm going to tell my kids, God, I was able to just copy and paste and rip video. You do that now, you go to jail. I'm just using that as an example. You never know. But like, the rules are going to be insane on the internet in 20 years. Will be nothing what it is like right now. Nothing. I, I promise you. And listen, i bet been to many people like, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> Within the next couple decades. I'm not talking like just social media apps. I'm just talking about overall business on the internet. It's so ahead of the lawmakers. Forever, if you watched old football games, uh, Steve Atwater, I think he got inducted into the Denver Bronco Hall of Fame, or I don't think he's an actual Hall of Famer. He's been in the mix. Maybe he got in the Hall of Fame last year. But he, the Denver Broncos tweeted something about Steve Atwater. And it was like, I was at my desk, you know, it was later in the afternoon. I'm like, I want to YouTube some Steve Atwater clips. And one of the first clips that came up of Steve Atwater, and this isn't that long ago. This is, you know, 97 when he's playing Favre in the Super Bowl. Favre throws this ball down the seam. And Atwater, it might have been to Antonio Freeman. Atwater misses Freeman because Freeman kind of ducks. Hits the corner and everyone is dead. Like the corner KO'd, Atwater knocked out. It's a play now. That if you watch football all year long, college and pro, you do not see. It does not exist. You can't play like that. Why? Those hit. And listen, I, I, I'm I a sucker. Like, I got my juices got flowing watching water hit like that. But those, they've been regulated out of the game. When me and my other podcast guy, we went down to interview John Lynch a couple years ago. And we were bullshitting with him and we had an iPad with us. And Guy showed him clips of his playing days, right, in the late 90s. And he's like, do you think you could, kind of kidding with him, but, like, could you even play today? Like, how many of these are flags? And Lynch kind of downplays it. The reality is every single one of John Lynch's hits were all flags. He'd been, like, thrown out of the league. The league has changed. For the better, for the worse, whatever. It's safer now. They had to do it big picture. You could not hit anybody. We all agree. We watched the Super Bowl yesterday. It's overregulated. I I'm, an, I'm more of an offensive guy. I, I consider myself an offensive guy. Not that I, you know, played in the NFL or anything. I just gravitated more toward offensive coaches. Maybe Pat Hill, offensive guy. Andy Reid, offensive guy. I kind of learned in offensive operations. Uh, but I love watching defense. And I actually feel bad for defenders. Defense, I hate defensive holding. Why is defensive holding on third and 15 an automatic first down? It's a five-yard penalty. You know, I, I hate ticky-tack pass interference. What happened to the uh, uncatchable ball? I'll tell you, they don't give a shit. They want offense, 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 offense. Pays the bills. Think about the quarterback. In When I was growing up, quarterbacks were constantly like carted off the field. They were free game. Defensive players had been waiting all week long because they're never allowed to touch the quarterback except for game day. Now, even on game day, you're not really allowed to touch them. It's, it's regulated, right? You touch them, you get penalized. It's not a smart play. So guys have had to change. There is one place on the football field that is unregulated, you know, to a point that you can play physical and do crazy shit. And that's the line of scrimmage. Defensive and offensive linemen. To me, the most important court position by a mile, we all know that, it's not even arguable, quarterback. End of story, period, point blank. No one argues that. I don't think we talk enough about offensive and defensive linemen. Because that is the one area on the field, your four down linemen, You're five offensive linemen where it gets still old-school physical football. And if you can dominate on either side, you have a huge point of difference. And last year, the Chiefs, when their offensive line was better because they had Eric Fisher and they had Mitchell Schwartz, were holding on for dear life. Why? Because the 49ers defensive line was kicking their ass. Because the 49ers defensive line was unreal. It had DeForest Buckner. Colts fans, you guys know, the guy's an ass kicker. It had Armstead playing great. It had Bosa, rookie year, awesome. It had all these dudes just coming, coming, coming. It's hard to block it if you have good offensive linemen. Well, in this Super Bowl, one thing I discounted a little bit, and then I realized at the moment they kind of said the starting lineups. Like I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not reading about like uh, offensive line dominoes. Once I knew Eric Fisher was out, I already knew Mitchell was out, I just assumed some backups are gonna play. But, I'm not dumb, like once they started telling, like explaining, well, they moved the backup right tackle, who had been filling in for Schwartz, they bumped him over to left, they brought in the fourth stringer to right tackle, or actually they moved the guard to right tackle, and they brought in a backup to play right guard. Once Romo said that, or Jim Nance, at the beginning of the game, I was like, whoa, this is a problem. Because the Buccaneers' point of difference is their front seven, and really is their defensive line. JPP and Shaq Barrett, those guys are monsters. Sue and Vitavea, when they care, they're unblockable, and and you're allowed to hit people as hard as you can. You don't get flags thrown, not like you do in the secondary, not like you do in the middle of the field, not like you do around the quarterback. You are allowed to wreck shop at the line of scrimmage, and that's what happened. There's nothing the Chiefs could do, because you could say, well, they should have brought more tight ends, should have done extra blocking. In football, at the end of the day, a tackle or a guard or whatever gets put in a position where they're one-on-one with a defensive lineman. And you can't, they were just getting smoked all day long. Mahomes was running for his life. He had no shot. Because it wasn't just one guy, it was multiple guys. It wasn't like, you know, the Bucks had Reggie White Jr. and he was just making plays. It wasn't that. All their guys, constantly in the offensive backfield. And it's the one area where the refs let it go. Thank God, because you know it's actually, it's football, you should. But let's face it, the the, the football in the NFL, college too, that we grew up watching, you know, if you've been watching football 30, 40 years or whatever, we all acknowledge it looks dramatically different. Just, you know, YouTube some highlights from the 90s. That's, the 90s isn't that long ago, even though 95 now is 25 years ago. Watch football. Watch Steve Atwater. Watch John Lynch. Watch these guys play. You, you didn't see anything like that now that doesn't exist which i miss a little i'll be completely honest but it is what it is it's over it's not coming back not after the concussion lawsuits and the media freak like that's never changing so we're gonna get more of a seven on seven league which it just those are that's just the reality of football moving forward for the health long term of the league but they're never going to be able to do that to the line of scrimmage you're not gonna be able to call an offensive guard a defenseless player. It always bothers me. Like, you know, the safety took out a defenseless wide receiver. A defenseless wide receiver. The fucking guy was running across the field. He he knew the uh, the risk involved. He's running a crossing route. Like there are defenders all over the place. He's not a he's not a defenseless wide receiver. When the when the gazelle sprints across the Serengeti, like he understands there are lions roaming around. Move at your own risk. But you can run across the middle of the field now, and you're not at risk of getting headhunted, taken out. But you are if you're a tackle. You are if you're a guard. Because Sue, JPP, whoever you may have, right? Could be Aaron Donald, could be the Bosa brothers, could be Khalil Mack, could be any decent defensive lineman. Akeem Hicks, Frank Clark, you you name it. They're coming for you. Relentlessly if they're good. And the the referees do not protect you. You have to be good enough to block them. And the Chiefs, once the dominoes you know, of their tackles being out and moving guys around. It was too much to overcome. And as a coach in the league told me after he played Tampa, he's like, I think that's the best front seven in the league. And I think the way their front four is playing right now as a unit, probably the best front four in the league right now. That was just remarkable to watch those guys play. Okay, let's dive into the Kansas City Chiefs. And let's face it, when you talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, you talk about their star 400 million dollar man their quarterback MVP Super Bowl champion Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes he set the bar incredibly high he's a superstar player and I had mentioned I think last was it yeah last Friday's podcast that last week I had watched the 2000 it was the eighteen season but it was played in 2019 the AFC championship game Mahomes first year starting at Arrowhead and I had Instagram some highlights from that game, some, like, incredible throws that Mahomes had play, made. Remember the ball that Edelman, you know, barely missed his finger on the punt, and a bunch of people had DM'd me. Not just Chiefs or Patriot fans, but just NFL fans were like, I think that's the best game ever played. And I watched the second half, was like, this is incredible drama. Patriots won in overtime, just an incredible game. You know, just an all-time game. The Super Bowl that just happened, kind of a dud, let's <laughs> just, let's be real. First half was good because you keep you kept holding out hope that Mahomes could bring him back. As the game went on, it was clear that was not going to happen. The, they couldn't block. He was limping around, running for his life. He had no shot. But one thing that I noticed in that game, and sometimes I forget because I talk about it all the time. We talk so much about quarterbacks. Arm strength, mobility, accuracy. I just don't know if we hammer home enough the intangible stuff. The work ethic, the intelligence, that's that's mandatory. Like, if you're not a hard-worker quarterback, you got no fucking chance. None. <laughs> like, sorry, you will be out of the league. And we've seen it recently. Dwayne Haskins couldn't even make it past year two because he just couldn't shape in, couldn't figure it out. Now, that's a really low bar, but just the price of admission to be a starting NFL quarterback, the work ethic you have to have, is, is incredible. Like, that's just part of the package to understand football you also have to just have that toughness though is is one of those things that we don't talk enough about toughness with quarterbacks and i had noticed it in that 2018 you know 19 afc championship mahomes is incredibly tough he isn't scared of a damn thing and it's sometimes it can be his worst enemy right he takes some bad hits because he's keeping plays alive like tom doesn't play like that Now, Tom can't. Tom can't move like he can. But the one thing that was very, very clear in the Super Bowl, for a guy that was running for his life, every single play, had multiple defensive linemen coming after him. It was crazy. I mean, it was insane, him doing 360s, running away from defensive tackles and defensive linemen, shedding guys as he's throwing. His toughness is elite. I feel better about Patrick Mahomes after that game. We already know he's great. We already know he can dominate. Now, he's got to stay healthy, and there's got to be a balance of living to fight another play and keeping plays alive, and it's hard. It's probably the downfall, ultimately, of mobile quarterbacks is is they just end up taking hits. I do think the next iteration for Mahomes is kind of what Rodgers had to learn into his mid-30s but Mahomes, because they're paying him so much money, they're so dependent on him, and let's face it, he's been banged up the last two years. He had a knee dislocation last year. He had a foot deal this year just running around. We got we to gotta strike a balance. I do not want you to play like Manning or Brady because you bring something to the table, rolling out and keeping plays alive. But I also need to find a meet a middle ground where when the play is not there to be made, you almost got to throw up a white flag. Because I've invested in you, if I'm Clark Hunt or I'm Andy Reid or I'm Brett Veach, for really this next decade, you pay all of our salaries. You are carrying this franchise. Your health, our success depends on your health. And no one questions anything about what you bring to the table. Your talent, unparalleled, right? Unquestioned, it's elite. My mom could figure that out. You don't need to be Parcells or Bill Walsh to go, God, this guy's a transcendent talent. We get that. Everyone understands that. The intangible stuff. We're all learning. I mean, I I knew this because I know people there. You're hearing this through me or any story you read. His intangible stuff is special. His toughness, no one has to even question that. And that's something I think sometimes it takes a little while to learn about a quarterback. We're already three years into his starting career. Toughness is elite. If I was like a baseball scout, I'd put a plus next to it. Now we need to find a balance. We need you on the field. And we need you to be alive. Yesterday, nothing he could have done about that. I, I I found myself respecting him more, doing everything humanly possible. I think a lot of times you find this out about an athlete. I remember someone told me this when you're scouting. The best time to scout a player, especially if they're on a bad team, and this isn't the case with Mahomes, obviously, is watch the tape in the second half of blowouts. Are they going through the motions, or are they still playing their ass off? It was one of the reasons that Coach Reed, I remember, loved Nick Foles. He was on a terrible Arizona team. But, like, he played his ass off till the last whistle. He was just trying to make play after play until the game ended. And it is a characteristic you want in a player. Win, lose, or draw, I give you everything I have until the final whistle is blown. I think we all learn that, right, at some point in our time in our life when we're young our first the first team we're on our parents teach us when we like hate playing little league and we want to quit and you're told you are not allowed to quit you have to see things through and I I think sometimes that gets under talked about with professional athletes because you're like oh of course they try hard no they don't not everyone does some guys you know one term I learned when I was in the NFL was some guys are front runners when things are going well it's easy to be excited right? If like, think of your businesses. When business is good, like everyone's kind of coming in, chest pumped out, getting those bonuses, new cars in the parking lot, sweet vacations. What about when recession hits and your company has to lay off 20% of the people and everyone's holding on for dear life? Does the guy, Is everyone acting the same? And with a quarterback, you know, th- there is a balance that you need to have. Mahomes like gives the effort in that game. Obviously, you know, it's a little bigger of a game. But if you watched him play week seven against some random team, he's giving you the same effort. I actually think that's what he has a lot in common with Tom Brady. You gotta drag them off the field. They will not quit, no matter how shitty it was. They were getting their ass kicked in the second half of that game. I mean, absolutely destroyed. It was 31 to 10 in the fourth quarter and Mahomes was playing every play like he was trying to score a touchdown. you got to respect it. You, you, you just do, because some guys, we've seen it, will just be like, yeah, I'm over it. I, it, it crossed my mind, like, do they put in Chad Haney? I would imagine if Coach Reed tried to put in Chad Haney, Patrick Mahomes would not be happy about it. And we know he's going to need surgery on the foot. He was Even Tony Romo mentioned he was limping around. I, I, I just think that moving forward, you, you question nothing about the guy. And that was a unique circumstance where a bunch of injuries happened with offensive linemen, and you were playing with kind of scrubs, right? I think they had a third-round offensive lineman, if I remember correctly. They drafted from TCU, who opted out at the beginning of the season. So, like, they just, they were in a position, they were kind of screwed. But I didn't see Mahomes moping. I didn't see him putting his head down. I mean, he's getting peppered. I haven't seen the ratings, but 100 million people watch Super Bowl, however, plus streaming, plus... You know, obviously the apps and the, the highlights. I mean, the, the amount of people that watch that game and, and bits and pieces and highlights of that game is historic every year. And he carried himself like a champion. I, I have the utmost respect for him moving forward. And listen, as long as you got that guy and the Chiefs understand, like, invest in the lines, offensive and defensive, they're going to be fine. They're going to be an absolute powerhouse. Because he can carry you. And only so many teams on a given year have that level of a front four. And they don't always make it to the Super Bowl. Sometimes a team that is the best matchup for another team never sees that team in the playoffs or the Super Bowl, right? They get bounced in the second round and the other team. It is a game, they say, styles make fights. I think a lot of times in football, and Brady's been on the other end of that, right? When the two Giants teams that beat him just were incredible matchups for them. The the front really pushed around his offensive line. He was kind of on the other end of that. This was, I wouldn't call the Chiefs quite the 07 Patriots because I think they were, you know, but they were in terms of firepower, in terms of success, like they were a loaded team defending champs. And they ran into the equivalent of like the 07, 08 Giants. That's what the the Tampa Bay Bucs just did to them. And I, I just think, Mahomes carried himself till the final whistle like a guy that thought he could win, even though it was clear to all of us sitting on our couch there was no chance.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
2: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service Any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at
1: discover.com slash credit card. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on-and-off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Goodyear test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains
2: nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older. Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Okay, let's dive into the quarterback market. And I I like relating the quarterback market to the real estate market. Because I do think there are a lot of parallels. When you find the right house, you can stay there for a long time. Usually, the real estate market, depending on how big the house is, can be kind of expensive, but tends to be a pretty good investment over the history of time. Now, some you know housing markets in different areas can be devastating when the economy turns. Just like some quarterbacks that you invest a lot in, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz cannot reap great rewards, right? And I think we found out this weekend, Carson Wentz, like in Philly, it's over. He's going to get traded. Then we have a ton of other names. Deshaun Watson, what's going to happen to him? Is Derek Carr going to be traded? Jimmy Garoppolo. You start. Go, is Mariota going to get dealt? You just start going through. Like It's going to be pretty crazy. And with the real estate analogy, I, like, I think about it all the time. Like I'm not going to stay in the Bay Area much longer. Is that six months? Is that a year? Is that two? I don't know. But my head's already kind of moving because it doesn't pencil for me to stay here. It's, all, it's always on my mind. Now, it doesn't mean like I don't have the money to go exactly where I want to go yet, but like whether it's Scottsdale, whether it's Vegas, wherever, something that's more conducive to my business, that pencils. It doesn't pencil for me to buy a house in the Bay Area for quadruple what it would cost for me to go somewhere else. My taxes would be lower, easy for me to expand my business. It's just cheaper. It just makes more sense, right? But if I was at a certain point in my life, I might not worry about that. Like, certain teams with their quarterbacks don't necessarily worry about the price, right? The guy's so good, Aaron Rodgers, who gives a shit. It's why they're saying, like, we're not trading him. We don't care if he costs $30, $40 million. He's staying. A lot of super rich people around me, they're like, I, I, listen, California it sucks paying all these taxes, but I I make so much money, I don't even care. For me, it's like, I can make way more. It'd be more business conducive to go somewhere else. And I think when you look at the real estate market, right? You got to know how much money you have, how much wherever you're going to go, how much it costs to live there, given what you want. And then you can figure it out. Now, are you willing to overpay? I had a wise man tell me a long time ago that I think a lot of people overthink buying a home. You spend so much time there, especially like in my job, right? I would be there a lot. I'd have a home office, could do everything I need to do. So if you're like, well, do I want to spend an extra couple hundred thousand to get the space? Well, that's your home. It's literally where you live. So I think people worry about that. It's why I think with the quarterback situation, like, should we trade this extra, you know, first round pick for Deshaun Watson? Well, if you want a sweet quarterback, yeah, you probably should. So let's look at the quarterback market. Because Deshaun Watson, to me, clearly the Texans don't want to trade him, but the organization is a joke. Every video that gets goes viral or guts on social media about Jack Easterby makes me have Deshaun Watson's back even more. I would also want to get away from that guy. So I'm in complete support of Deshaun Watson. Here's the problem. Deshaun Watson is the equivalent of a mansion. If you want to move into the mansion, you got to have two things. You got to have a shitload of money because mansions are expensive. I.e. you got to trade a ton of picks for Deshaun Watson. And then... Part of the thing you realize, like, hell, in my condo, I get a big tax bill every year. All you know, my homeowners, condo owners, real estate investors, you guys know the property taxes. You're like, yeah, hey, I just own a home now. Well, actually, you get a seven, eight, 10, 15, however much, you know, depending on what you pay for it, you get this tax bill. You got to pay for that. So you buy a Deshaun Watson $10 million home. Your property tax bill is massive. Deshaun makes a ton of money. He's expensive. So it's a double whammy. You got to pay a ton to get him. And then he's just costs a lot of money because he's on a big contract. But the mansion's sweet. Guaranteed to like your home. You're going to like your quarterback. So I, I wouldn't be opposed to doing it if I'm a certain team. To me, it's the easiest to justify. Because you're like... The the thing is, like not everyone has the money right? to buy a, a mansion. Every team has first-round draft picks. You just have to decide whether you're willing to pay him. Right, rather to give him for Deshaun. Assuming that they're going to make him available. Which... I talked to someone in the league. I, I think Deshaun needs to make it a little uglier. You need to tell them verbatim, I am never playing another snap for you. I can't stand this franchise. I can't stand Jack Easterby. I want to leave here. You got to make it ugly. James Harden did it. It's, it's a little harder in football, but we've seen it work. Jalen Ramsey did it. Khalil Mack did it. You got to dry a, a hard line in the sand. And then it helps the teams bidding on you to understand like this guy means business. He's available. So that, to me, would be my recommendation for Deshaun Watson. He's the mansion. Then you have Carson Wentz, who is a very, very expensive fixer-upper, right? Because, one, he's the Eagles are not giving him away. Reports this weekend, they wanted two ones and a two. I don't think they're going to get that. But they're still going to get, I would imagine, like a one and a two. You'd be like, Middlecoff, did you watch him play? I did. He was terrible. He was arguably the worst starting quarterback in the league. But he's 6'5", he has immense talent, And we've seen it before. Now, he's got issues. Does he get along with his teammates? I don't know. Why doesn't the organization like him? I don't know. There are some red flags on the guy. But this is a talent business. Now, at quarterback, it's about more than talent. I talk about that all the time. But his talent is so, you know, he just has, his physical gifts are so elite that I think people will look past that. And you have to dig in. I have to call all his former coaches. I'd have to really look around and try to really get to the bottom of, why don't what's up with this guy? Beside the poor play. Because ultimately, if I'm a team willing to trade for him, my coach is making 8 to $10 million. His ego's big enough. He thinks he can fix him up, right? Now, like Deshaun Watson, once you get him, he's expensive. He makes a lot of money. So it's, you know, the equivalent of the property taxes. He ain't cheap. Now, Deshaun Watson's not cheap either, but his house is sweet, ready to move in. Carson Wentz, You you know, you need to subcontract some work. We need to knock down some walls. We need to expand the kitchen. Might need to add a pool in the backyard. Watson's house comes with it all. Bad ass. (laughs) Driving range, movie theater, 10-car garage, got it all. Carson got some problems. But here's the thing with Carson. If you invest correctly in this fixer-upper, his return on investment here could be great. Because if you trade a 1 and a 2, and trust me, the moment if someone does trade a 1 and a 2, let's say the Bears or the Colts, people are like, oh my god, I can't believe they paid that much for Carson Wentz. Like I said with a house, you can't overpay for a house if once you're in it, you like it. If you get Carson Wentz, and he becomes a good player, and he becomes a Pro Bowl-level player, that's stealing, because he's under contract, and clearly he has the talent to be a Pro Bowl player. So if you can get that out of him, if you have that vision and you can figure out the off the field stuff, like what's his deal off the field? Like, is he is he mentally soft? Can he not handle getting coaching? Because we're we're blowing Brady. Brady's you could argue one of his greatest attributes is he loves to get coached. He loves to get screamed at. He loves to be held to high standards. He lives for that. Carson feels like the opposite. It's always someone else's fault. It's never on me. Like Carson, this is the this is the NFL. It's the big leagues. Now, I lived in Philly. That's a crazy place. It's really, really intense. I do think the market for Carson could be really beneficial. Now, you could say, well, John, maybe if he if he's mentally soft, that might not change. But it's a little easier to be mentally soft, probably in Indianapolis, more than Philly or Boston, right? Those places will eat you alive. Remember when Adrian Gonzalez, they signed, the Red Sox signed him, and he hated it? And it was just like, God, he wanted out. Like, not everyone can handle the Boston Red Sox. I saw it with uh, Kung Fu Panda. He went there, he completely failed. He just ate him alive. And then he came back to the Giants and he was good. Adrian Gonzalez got traded back to the Dodgers. I guess he was never on the Dodgers, he was on the Padres. Came to the Dodgers and he was excellent for him. Some guys just thrive in different environments. Like Tom Brady could play in any environment. He could him in the Bay Area, you could put him in Texas, you could put him in Florida, you could put him in New England. Any type of fans, he's going to kick the shit out of people. Peyton Manning, same deal. Right, they they could throw. Michael Jordan doesn't matter. Most guys, you know, a little dependent. Like, what would Russell Wilson be like if he was in New York? Would it look exactly the same? Like, Seattle's a pretty easy market to be in. Hell, the Bay Area is a really easy market to be in. It it really is. It's not as intense. Even though football's like really big here. Just Arizona, same deal. It's just not as big a deal. Go go to New York. <laughs> you go to Philly. Even even like Chicago, I think could be a little tough. You know, it's not easy. So to me, the market where Carson goes, but his the potential for an ROI on that guy to flip his career around and be an excellent player to me is high. I think Darnold's a fascinating one. I, I think Darnold's one of those got one of those like homes. If we're gonna stick with the home analogy, and I've never had a lot of money after a recession, but like back in 08 and 09, everyone like the people that had some cash they went bargain hunting. You could find, you know, homes that were being short-sailed for just so dirt cheap. And then over the next five, six years, depending on the market, you double-triple the house. And Dar- what, what's fascinating about Darnold is you're not sure he's any good. His stats, to be real, are pretty terrible. He's not a 60% passer in three years. He basically has a one-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio. And if I wanted to argue for Darnold, I'd go, well, the Jets, disaster, Gase, talent around him sucked. There are arguments on both sides. To me, if you can buy low, like I'm not into paying a lot for Darnold. Darnold to me is, can I get him for like a third round pick? Now, Schefter told me on my other podcast that he thought he was going for a first. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I wouldn't, I couldn't trade a first round pick for him. Can I give like two threes? Because I'll give two threes. Then I'm buying really low, right? Like if if you're a real estate investor and you spend 200 grand on some crappy house, if it fails and you know you're doing millions upon millions of business not the end of the world but if that $200,000 house turns in in 5 years to a $1 million house you're feeling pretty good about yourself to me if Sam Darnold he never has to be a pro bowler but if he can just be a high level starter you know somewhere between like 14 to like 7 or 8 you're feeling pretty good that's the question i don't know the answer he turns the ball over a lot uh, but he's young he's only 23 years old he'll be 24 years old this summer i think the potential Because Carson, you got to spend, right? You're going to have to give him a first-round pick. And there is a chance he might just stink. Deshaun is good, but you have to just, you know, basically sell the farm for. Which, if your team's equipped, like I said, the Miami Dolphins, you're good to go. Hit the ground running. Don't even flinch. Boom, make the playoffs next year. To me, Darnold, like, could Darnold turn into the equivalent of a Carson Wentz? Maybe even be more consistent and be way cheaper when you get him. Now, he's going into his fourth year, so you got to pick up his fifth-year option. I'm in no rush to give any extensions. Basically get him on a two-year, $30 million contract and just see if I, you know, got something. And if I don't, I pivot in a couple years. Now, it would have to be a coach with options or a coach with stability, like a Sean Payton, like a Frank Reich, like a Kyle Shanahan. But you tell me one of those offensive coaches gets Sam Darnold, they can't make him a player? And then the cheap, cheap flyer. Now, this is... You might lose your money on this one, but this guy started a ton of games in the NFL. He won a playoff game. He's also on a cheap contract. He makes $10 million. So basically, like the number, Trevor Lawrence will make $10 million next year. If you could trade like a fourth or fifth round pick to get Marcus Mariota, Marcus was not good his last year in Tennessee. But last year, Carr got injured in a Thursday night game against the Chargers. And Mariota came out into the game cold. He was really good in that game. You saw he looked healthy. He was running around making plays. He was actually pretty accurate throwing the football in that game. He played winning football. So if you're thinking about maybe drafting a quarterback, but you want to have some insurance, maybe a Trey Lance, maybe a Justin Fields won't be ready to go, what if I get Mariota for a fourth-round pick at $10 million? That's pretty good insurance. And plus, like I'm not my expectations with him are pretty low. But I know he has a history of playing in the league. He's had success in the NFL, and he's not that expensive. Because to me, the key is you have to be comfortable with what you're buying, right? If you're spending a million dollars on a home, you're going to have pretty high standards. If you spend $100,000 on a home, your standards aren't as high, right? If you buy Deshaun Watson, he's got to be a Hall of Famer. Because that's the equivalent of buying a mansion. It better be the best house on the block. Carson is just a risky move, but your expectations are still really high. Mariota's expectations are actually pretty low. You might go in like, we'll see who wins the job. Mariota or Trey Lance, right? If you're one of these teams. Because you're not giving up your high pick. You're not giving up your first round pick. You can still trade up in the draft. It leaves you flexibility. The moment you get Wentz, the moment you get Deshaun, you don't have any flexibility. There's no drafting a young quarterback. Your picks are gone. So I think the key is all these organizations are doing, and they've probably been doing this the last couple months, maybe not last couple months, excuse me, last couple weeks, is determining how much they're comfortable in spending on a quarterback. What they are willing to give up to get. And then once they get that guy, what they think the upside. Because you're basically running, you know, what the potential of your acquisition is going to be. Like, you're not trading for Carson Wentz if you don't think he can get back to his Pro Bowl form. Yeah. Right? You're trading for Sam Darnold. You don't know if he can be a Pro Bowl or not. You have no clue. If anything, his film would tell you No. But you do think that maybe you can get the most out of the guy. Where I do think Mariota is kind of guy flying under the radar who I could pair with a rookie quarterback and have a little bit of an insurance policy if that guy wasn't ready. Okay, Middlecoff mailbag at John Middlecoff, Instagram handle. You guys know the drill. I have so many DMs, it's it's pretty incredible. Uh You know, it feels good to be be a dude and just have an unlimited amount of dudes in their DMs. It is a lot of football talk. Love listening to the show. Appreciate it. There's the new version of tight ends like Kelsey, who are basically just big wide receivers, who are virtually useless as blockers. Then there's the old school tight ends like Gronk, who can still hurt you in the passing game, but can actually block defensive ends one-on-one and hold their own. Kelsey's receiving numbers will most likely dwarf Gronks by the time they both retire. But you can't overstate the value of having a tight end like Gronk who can manhandle a defensive lineman. What do you think? Well, if you had to take one guy in their prime, you would take Gronk. Because you would take a guy that can do both. Kelsey is going to go down, like you said, as the best pass-catching tight end ever. I think he's going to shatter all the records. But Gronk is going to go down as the greatest tight end of all time, right? You saw in that game, he was manhandling people at the line of scrimmage. And then when he's healthy, he can move, he can run, he's got butter hands. He's just an all-time great player. I follow George Kittle on Instagram and he was just like, the guy's the goat, you know? And I think Kittle is kind of, he's smaller than Gronk, but is a great blocker. just not Kelsey's deal. But in fairness, like, Who cares? Kelsey's so good as a wide receiver it doesn't matter. And most times like you don't get Gronk as a blocker and that good in the passing game. There's kind of like a happy medium. He's just he's got to be one of the most unique players in NFL history. Just because he is such a dominant blocker. Carson Wentz trade talks. Do you believe the rumors are coming from the Eagles or Wentz camp? I just believe that the rumors are he's just going to get traded. I I don't think these are rumors coming from camps. I think it's just Teams are calling. He's about to get dealt. In the next, I'd say, 10 days. Maybe that's too long. Maybe the next week could happen this week. By the time I do a podcast for Friday, he might be on a different team. I think when the stuff was getting leaked, you know, at different points in time over the last couple years with Carson, like the player in the locker room that didn't like him. And then remember everyone thought it was Alshon. And then Alshon claimed it wasn't him. And then this year... Carson said he was going to demand a trade. And was like, who leaked that? It had to come from Carson's camp. We can play that game all we want. These stories are just, teams are calling. He's about to get dealt. I just just think it's that simple. He's done. His time with the Eagles is over. What the actual fuck are the Packers doing hiring Joe Barry as the new defensive coordinator? Two young up-and-coming guys they interviewed. And they go with this old retread who's never had a top 16 defense when he was in charge. I really think they dropped the ball on this one. Hope Rodgers could still make a few runs if we had a good D to back him up, but I have my doubts. What do you think? I think this one's pretty simple. One, I think Joe Barry's kind of getting unfairly kind of crapped on here. He's 50. He's not 70. He's been a defensive coordinator a couple times for not very long. Now, is it an inspiring hire? Of course not. It is a little NFL... You know, people hire their friends. It does have that feel, right? I mean, you hire Joe Barry. Why? Because they knew him from the Rams. Now, sometimes you hire a guy because you knew him, right? Andy Reid hired Steve Spagnola two years ago because he knew him, because they had worked together before, and people thought that was a bad hire. Then they won the Super Bowl with his defense playing pretty good. Robert Sala, who's now a head coach, do you know the reason Kyle Shanahan hired him? Because he knew him. They had worked together. So a lot of times for younger and older coaches, you just hire guys you're comfortable with. And I I don't know much detail into this in, in the sense of like how close the other guys were. I will give LaFleur credit on this one. He was on the right guy in Jim Leonard. Jim Leonard is going to be a head coach one day in college or the NFL. He is a star defensive coordinator right now at Wisconsin. He turned him down. So it's like, What did I say about the luck thing? Sometimes you offer someone a job, you know, you DM a girl, see if she wants to get a drink. They just say no. What are you supposed to do? You're like, that was my future wife. She just DM'd me, or she said no, or I have a boyfriend. Like Jim Leonard, I have a good job. I don't want your job. What's what's he supposed to do? Now you could say not go with a retread, you know. I wouldn't call a guy a retread if he's only been a defensive coordinator on pretty bad teams, right, for not that long. Let me bring up his bio. I'm not saying he's going to be great, but he's a Monty Kiffin guy. Uh, And again, LaFleur is comfortable with him. So he was the defensive coordinator for Washington in 15 and 16. The team was terrible. And he was the defensive coordinator of the Lions in 07-08. So he's been a defensive coordinator twice on awful teams. He was an assistant head coach, linebacker coach the last couple of years for the Rams, and they were fantastic. Sean McVay really likes him. I don't know, man. I I don't think this is like as crazy as Mike Nolan being the DC or just some of these hires we've seen over the years. Because again, I, I give I, Matt LaFleur, I guess his brother's Mike. I get Matt and Mike mixed up. Matt LaFleur. I give him credit. He was on 100% the right guy. That guy just said, I'm staying. And that happens sometimes in football, right? You go after the best defensive coordinator in college. It actually happens a lot, of, a lot. It just doesn't get out. And that guy turns you down. And this is the problem right now, I think, for NFL. You used to, 10 years ago, if you offered a college coordinator job, an NFL coordinator job, 1 million percent they'd take it. Well, now you make so much money in college, like Wisconsin can pay Jim Leonard $1 million, $2 million. They can pay him a lot of money. Big Ten money. It's flowing. Huge cash. Back in the day, it might have been double or tripled your money. And maybe the Packers were willing to pay him. Problem with Jim Leonard is he's an NFL. He's got a little money. Right? So he's not driven by money. He's driven by comfort. He's driven by... He's got options. He didn't have to take the job. Now, my if I was talking with Jim Leonard... I'd say, what are your aspirations? Do you want to be an NFL head coach? Because you go to the Packers, you make their defense good, you'll be an NFL head coach in a year, max two. And he might say, well, are you sure I can't become a head coach from the Wisconsin defensive coordinator? And I'd say, no, I'm not, actually, but probably not. I I don't know what his aspirations are. But I I, I do give LaFleur and the Packers credit. They They were on the right guy. I'm just starting to dabble into the stock market. I'm not going to front. I know nothing about it. I have the pucker factor when thinking about investing money outside of my IRAs. Can you suggest any reading reading audio sites or anything useful for a newbie? Thanks, my man, and cheers. Now, this is going to sound kind of crazy. I don't, like, I basically just invest either in trends, like I'm heavy in the weed sector, as green technology gets bigger, I'm gonna invest in companies that have to do with like uh, sustainable energy. Uh, I had an investment buddy that recommended Bloomberg. It's called Odd Lots, pretty good podcast. Uh, the Journal, ha- the Wall Street Journal, has a daily kind of business podcast, but it's hit or miss. Sometimes it's like today's is about Trump's impeachment, you know, so it's not always about stock market. But the Bloomberg one. It's with uh, Joy and Tracy, or Joe and Tracy. They're always talking about the market. I, I Like, I wake up to CNBC. You know, if I come, I get up. The great part about working from home, you just, you just get out of bed, you know, 6, 630, whatever, walk right into the office. And I just turn on CNBC. Now, I think if you talk to someone that works in finance, they tell you CNBC is kind of like, uh, you know, first take or whatever. But it just—they have different guests on. There's just a lot of money talk, and it just gets my money mind flowing. And then from there, I'll just find things that I'm interested in, things that make sense, things that I know my friends are using, trends I know, and I get aggressive with investments. So I don't know if I really helped you that much. That's just my strategy. Like I don't pretend to be, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio here in the Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, but yeah, listen to the Bloomberg podcast and watch CNBC or Bloomberg Television. Long-time listener of the pod. Question for the show. I'm a big-time Colts fan, and I have no clue what the fuck we're going to do with the quarterback position. If we roll out with Brissett, I don't see how we get any better. Are there any moves you see us making? I think Carson Wentz. I think you'll be sniffing around on Derek Carr. I think you should be sniffing around on Sam Darnold. And I think they're sniffing around on Deshaun Watson. Now, I don't think Deshaun Watson's on the table because of the division. But I think Chris Ballard is one of the best GMs in the league. Don't be worried. It's just, it's February 8th. Nothing he can do. I think he's on the right guys. You will have a quarterback. Here's one thing I can comfortably make a hardcore prediction. You will start the season with a quarterback, right? You have no quarterbacks on the roster. That will not be the case. And you will not go into the season with, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick as your quarterback. I bet Carson Wentz, Derek Carr, maybe they trade up to draft one of these guys. I do think you'll be excited. Well, you might not like Carson Wentz, but you'll be, okay, you know, they took a big swing. I, I do feel they will do that this offseason. I really like Dak, and I think he's a top-six quarterback. Should I be worried about him not being signed and hitting the free market? I also think Jerry does not get the credit for being a good GM. He has a lot more hits than misses in the draft. I would agree. I think Jerry's a pretty good GM. And I think he's actually played the Dak you know, uh, Prescott negotiations pretty well. He could have signed him to extension, like Goff and Wentz. And look what happened there both Wentz is about to be traded and Goff's already gone. And they're playing it year by year. You know why? Because they don't know. You don't always, if, if you don't know you want to marry her, you don't have to get engaged. Now, she might leave you, that's fine, but the great part about, you know, where that analogy doesn't work in football, you can franchise tag. So if she wanted to leave you, you can franchise tag Dak Prescott. You can't do that in real life. Like, if she wants to leave, she's leaving. You don't have to get married. A- a- ask the Rams how, you know, That early contract worked out. Or the Eagles. It was a disaster. They both regret it. I actually think the Cowboys have done this right. They could have had Dak extended. He still would have been hurt, and they would have nothing to show for it. Are we sure we need to give Dak $125 million guaranteed? I'm not. What's the rush? Let's see him this year. Can they make the playoffs? I don't know, man. I, I I think you guys are in a good spot. I think the Cowboys actually played it perfectly. I'm a huge Panthers fan, and it would be cool to have your two cents on us as a franchise. Honestly, I get kind of tired of always hearing about the big market teams. It'd be cool to hear more about what you think of the status for our franchises. With all the hype on these young coaches, what's your take on Matt Rule? I feel like we could be a legit team if we had a better quarterback, an offensive line, and a few defensive pieces. Thanks, and if you were ever in Buena Vista, Colorado, hit me up and we can have beers, and I will take you whitewater rafting. Damn I would fucking love that. I go whitewater rafting. I'd be badass. What if I fall? Do I? I mean, I know how to swim. Uh, the Panthers. I think it's pretty simple. When you guys had Cam Newton and you were winning, people talked a lot about you. When you just suck, no one talks about you. Matt Rule. He was excellent in college. Uh, a couple of my buddies that went through at Baylor and Temple, they love him. They think very, very highly of him. They are going big quarterback hunting, right? They tried to get Matt Stafford. They are being aggressive. That's what David Tepper is known. I love David Tepper. Dude paid cash for his franchise. Him and Steve Ballmer, the Clippers, they're like, yeah, we're so rich. How much? Two billion? Okay, let me uh, sell some shares of Apple. I'll uh I'll have you the cash by the end of the week. Like, what a badass, right? How much you need? 2.3 billion? Cool. Let me uh let me call my banker. We'll have it in uh duffel bags of 20s and uh 20s and 10s or 50 or 50s and hundreds what do you want like what a, what a what a legend uh he was aggressive to get Matt Rule now it's just Matt Rule hired Joe Brady brought a bunch of dudes with him from Baylor is he a big time NFL coach cuz he was a really good college coach is he a big time NFL coach can't judge him until he gets a better team His team sucked now do they make a trade for one of these guys we'll see and if they get a quarterback can he win well then there's a lot of pressure on Joe Brady because Rule's kind of the culture guy, right? He's like a Harbaugh. He's like a Tomlin. He's just kind of the leader of men. People, lo- people love him. But you don't win in this league without a star quarterback, or without a good quarterback. And clearly their team needs a lot more talent. Like you said, defense was terrible. They have, they have I almost said Honey Badger. You know, they got McCaffrey. DJ Moore's a good player. Uh, the kid they drafted last year, Brown, from uh, Auburn in the top 10 is going to be a good player. Need more pieces on defense and just need a better quarterback love everything Teddy Bridgewater stands for. Great kid, incredible story when his knee fell off to come back. He's just not a very good starting quarterback. If he's your backup, he'd be the best backup in the league. So I just, you start winning, people talk about you. People talk about the Falcons and the Saints. Like, one thing, win the South. Let's just be real about it. Like, the SEC is bigger than the NFL. So we just talk more about the SEC than we do the NFL. But if you win big, like the Saints, we've been talking about the Saints for a decade. Tampa Bay got Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. We talk about them all the time. It's amazing what winning does. It's the one thing, if you're a big market, you get talked about no matter what. Because if I talk about the Cowboys or the New York Giants or the Eagles, like people are going to listen. They have massive fan bases. Win or lose. I'll talk about Carolina if they're kicking ass. I'm not talking about Tampa Bay if they're not winning. You get Tom Brady, you win the Super Bowl, we talk about you. Just a business. You know, I mean, we're pretty unemotional you know me, I, I'll talk about whoever, but I just want the most people to listen. Uh, what do the Saints do at quarterback with their cap situation? Will they take a step back with the likes of Hendrickson likely moving on due to not being able to afford him? Well, I think we saw that the uh, salary cap's going to be about 180 to $185 million. I think the Saints are at like 270 Now they're going to save a bunch with Drew Brees, they'll cut a bunch of guys Uh I think the most logical move is probably to bring back Jameis relatively cheap and him and Taysom. Maybe move up and trade for a quarterback. You know, could they have got Stafford? He makes too much money. Could they trade for Wentz? He probably makes too much money. Maybe just roll back with those two guys, survey the land, figure out what you need without Drew Brees, and then go on from there. And maybe you could win with Jameis. I'm not certain that Sean Payton and Jameis can't win. I actually could see that. I was thinking about you were talking about in regards to Eric Bieniemy and Andy's future retirement. Is there a case in which the Chiefs could talk Eric Bieniemy and tell him he's the next head coach once Andy retires? They could possibly raise his pay to keep him in-house. So once Andy does retire, the transition can be smooth. He's a guy that the players rave about, and with how young they are at key positions, it could benefit all of them. Is this something that could seriously happen? I don't believe in coaching waiting's. I think we saw that in college football over the last couple decades. Remember, like Muschamp in Texas, uh, Lincoln Riley wasn't even really Bob; just retired, and they made Lincoln the head coach, and it worked out well. I just don't think coaching waiting's possible. The other thing is, I'm Andy Reid's like 62 years old, and I don't see him going. Why, why would he leave? It wouldn't shock me if Andy coaches another seven, eight years. Andy's 62. He'll be 63 this year. I, I mean, I, I think he's got minimum, minimum five. Minimum five years. Why would he go? He's got Patrick Mahomes. It's like you, you don't get out of the oil business the moment you strike oil, right? You, you didn't come out to California in 1849, find some gold, and be like, oh, I'm over it. No, you just know, you start gold, you start mining for more. He's got Mahomes. Waited his entire life. Donovan McNabb, he thought, right? But then it turned out Donovan, something was missing. And Donovan was really good. Michael Vick, for a split second, turned out no. Alex just wasn't good enough. He finally gets the best quarterback he's ever had as a head coach. And he coached Brett Favre. probably the best quarterback he's ever coached, period. You just, you write it out. So I don't think you do coaching waiting. And I, would Brett Veach? Yeah, who knows? But I, I think that's off the
0: table.
2: with discover limitations apply see terms at discover.com
1: credit card you put it off long enough it's time to replace your tires tire rack has tires that will elevate your drive touring tires for commuter comfort performance tires for sporty handling all-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure go to tirerack.com to get started not sure where to begin Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Bridgestone, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine
2: is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Assuming Watson is off the table, duh cap space, who gives the Saints the best chance to make a real run in a championship in the next three years? I think Winston is the best option because you don't need to trade away any assets. But Darnold would be a high upside piece that you could buy low. Yeah, man, I love Sam Darnold for like Kyle Shanahan and Sean Payton. Because I think you can get cheap, right? He doesn't make very much money this year. I think it's like $4 bucks. You got to pick up the fifth year option. So that means next year he'd make like 25 So you basically look at it. We got two years, $30 million and we got a chance to get a 23, 24-year-old who was drafted really high, I get to mold him. Now, I don't know what Sean Payton thinks of Jameis Winston. What it was like every day with Jameis Winston and Drew Brees. I think Jameis is pretty talented. But does like Sean Payton think he can win a Super Bowl with Jameis Winston these next couple of years? Maybe he does. Jameis Winston is also a free agent. What are they going to pay Jameis Winston? Does Jameis want, like, will he take, like, $2 million, or does he want, like, 15? Because remember Jacoby, when Andrew Luck retired, I didn't understand this, and the Colts were like, We gotta pay Jacoby like a starter. And I was like, Do you? You know, like, who really, like, do people look at each other in the locker room and go, He only makes $3 million, even though he's our starter. That is too low. Like, everyone understood. Luck retired. What are you gonna do? But they gave him, remember, like that $30 bucks, and it just turned out like, Oh, they kind of regret that. You know, Jameis, let's be a starter. I'll give you like $5 million, but would I rather have Sam Darnold for $5 million? One thing that concerns me about Sam Darnold is he's just like, he's like the USC Jameis. Turns the ball over a lot, makes some bad decisions. He's more mobile than Jameis, but like their games are kind of similar. Turn the ball over a shitload. Throws a lot of picks. Makes a lot of head-scratching plays. Now, can make the big play too, but they're a little risky. So you could argue if you're going to go with one, Jameis has proven way more in the NFL. If you had to win a game tomorrow, I would 100% take Jameis over Sam Darnold. Now, if I needed to win a game for the next three years, maybe they think Jame, or Sam has more of an upside. I don't know. But I would say that Sam's probably the most realistic option for the Saints, given that he's cheaper and he doesn't cost that much to acquire. But you're right. I mean, I think the Saints and the Colts right now are kind of like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Same with the Bears. That's the difference. The Niners do have Jimmy, even though they don't, I don't think, really want to bring him back. But Bears do not have a quarterback. Colts do not have a quarterback. The Saints have Taysom. Jameis is a free agent. So I think we're going to learn a lot over these next, like definitely the next month, some of this quarterback movement. to Keep an eye on. Appreciate you listening. Happy uh, Super Bowl ending week. And we'll just get through this no football together. Adios. Godspeed. May the peace be with you.